You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I hope everybody had a good and possibly solemn Memorial Day and remembers why we have Memorial Day. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. I just want to take a minute to thank all those families who have lost people in the service of our country because those are the people who suffer the most on Memorial Day. Those are the people who are still here who have to live with the memory of their loved ones being gone. But be assured, most Americans, I say Americans because the people who don't believe this I don't consider them truly Americans. They appreciate the sacrifice your family has made and will always do so. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have a good time on Memorial Day, but please take that moment. If you didn't yesterday or the day before, take a moment to think about who provided that freedom to have the cookout, to go to the lake, and think about the guys who will never be able to do that again. Just take a minute. But anyway, today we have a few things on the on the block for you. Today we're going to get into a little bit of legal things. Of course, California and New York come to the top of the heap, as usual, with violating rights of gun owners. Well, they, they can't really call it violating because they make their own laws, which violate existing gun laws. We'll get into some of that. And then we're going to talk about... I, I dare say, not short-barreled shotguns, because they're not classified as shotguns, short-barreled shotgun-style weapons. The BATF calls them firearms, and they're not really shotguns, but they shoot shotgun shells, so we'll get into some of that, too. And then we'll talk about rifles a little bit, because why not? Because I do a lot of pistol stuff, and I know the only thing you use a pistol for is to fight your way to your rifle. You know, Roger, real quick... Sure. Did you hear the story the other day? And uh, this is going to make you laugh too, David. Um, <laughs> there were two bozos that uh, decided to shoot themselves, uh, and one of them with a long twenty-two rifle. And he put on a. I, I, it was a low grade of Kevlar, so of course the guy ended up in the hospital. And he shot the, his friends. They shot, shot him. each other because and they, and they came, were wearing Kevlar. Yes, and one of them. Uh, uh, it's funny because you mentioned rifles, and that's that's what they choose to shoot themselves with. Because I guess they thought, oh, it's a twenty-two; it, it'll just sting. <laughs> so, this is what we're putting up with in in today's world. And the 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 story they came up with was even better. The guy said he was uh, trying to protect an asset, and he was a government agent, and this, and well, he came up a, with a story. The Forrest but, Gump uh, theory of that, you know, <laughs> stupid is as stupid as does. Stupid does. <laughs> So I just I thought you guys would get a kick out of that story. <laughs> that is amusing. Yeah, <laughs> you know you can't protect you can't make things foolproof because fools are so ingenious <laughs> they find a way every behind every yep. safety precaution. <laughs> I'll give you a little news uh, brief, and this came directly from my farmer in West Texas. And I I have I used to hunt. This is dove hunting season, uh, or it will be coming up shortly, uh, going into September and October. And we were talking about it at lunch, and uh, my farmer was telling me that we used to hunt around a tank, a tank being a watering hole. Uh, oh, so the birds would come get water. Yeah, come in and get water at five thirty, right before dusk. But uh, any hunting today, and this this is a Panhandle Texas advisory, is carry more than a shotgun, carry a rifle of some substantial caliber, caliber. 
because <laughs> the wild boars. Oh yeah, uh, they are running rampant all over yeah, Texas. Yeah, that yeah, they are becoming a big problem. They're so in this. You're they're carrying a shotgun and you're carrying a rifle of some sort. Right, or at least a mm-hmm. very large handgun. Yeah, very you know, large. big forty-four magnum or four fifty-four Casul magnum. Yeah, something that'll take down a wild boar. It reminds me of another story. You mentioned the wild boars. There was a lady that just, after 17 days, was rescued. She got lost hiking, I believe, in right. Hawaii. And she did not become boar food. And she didn't. And I, I can't wait to hear the story because one of the people, volunteers looking for her, did become, well, got attacked by a boar, a wild boar. And I'm thinking, how would you go on a hike? Without taking, knowing there are wild boars, and you didn't take a shotgun of some sort or or a high powered hand rifle. Shotgun won't, you know, you can. Well, you, you can throw can a slug in one. Yeah. yeah but you can <laughs> also hear them bouncing off. Oh, because of pellets, the, yeah, yeah, because of the skin. That's yeah, a good. That's exactly. true. So, so they needed. They're, they're but, saying take a rifle. Take a rifle. I'm, I agree with you. The forty-four. Or forty. Or yeah. Some high-powered pistol. Yeah. But the point is, they didn't have the weapon, and then I thought, oh wait a minute, it's Hawaii, and we know who runs Hawaii. <laughs> stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to be smarter than the wild pigs, or they're going to make you food. Or you're going to be food. Let <laughs> me ask, Roger, have you heard of any other states declaring this? Or I know in Georgia, there's lots of wild boars in Georgia as well, and uh, through Louisiana and stuff like that. I don't know how aggressive those are at the moment, but you certainly wouldn't want to run across one, because usually they'll avoid you if they can. But there's so many in Texas, I think they're overcrowding and getting out of the areas where they can even avoid people. And people, of course, are going into their territory, you know, so they get defensive and they come after you. They don't believe in the song, huh? No, they don't believe in property lines either. My <laughs> land is your land. Is your land. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, they believe their land is all the land. <laughs> my land is my land. <laughs> Until the boar decides it's his land. And unless you have that rifle or high-powered pistol, you're going to be doing some running. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, that yeah, that's, yeah the wild boars are becoming a big problem, and it's great because – most places have them with no regulated season, no permits necessary. Now, a few states require to have a hunting license, but there's no permits to shoot as many as you want. So you can go bacon hunting as anytime you like for as much as you want. Ooh, bacon. Pardon? What did you say? Most places don't require yeah, a no, permit Texas, to hunt them. Texas and they're is 24-7. All, yep, yeah. 365, every day, all the time, kill the wild pigs. I believe in Georgia, though, you have to have a hunting license to be able to shoot them, but there's no season. You can shoot them any time, as many as you want. Like I say, so going hunting for bacon is becoming a uh, a big deal. Ooh, bacon. I know. <laughs> the best thing about a pig. <laughs> the fact that it runs around wild <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> they, it doesn't grow on trees, but it's the next best thing. <laughs> You know, I might do the, one of the episodes of Naked and Afraid if they drop me in with as much boars. And, and a couple know, of big guns. A couple of big guns. Because <laughs> I can build a fire <laughs> and have me some bacon. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gee, I feel like I'm off topic now, but we were going to get into some political things. Like I say, of course, with New York and California leading the charge. Well, let's just say, I don't, I don't know if who's familiar with the Heller decision, but that was a big decision based in Washington, D.C., where they decided that the Second Amendment did apply to individuals. So basically, Washington, D.C., and a bunch of other states that had decided if you were a, 
a militiaman, you could have a gun. If not, you weren't allowed to have one, that they tried to make this classification. And Heller said, no, no, if you're a citizen of the U.S., you have a right to keep and bear arms. Imagine that. But then, of course, you know, and the ruling when it came down was not something that was being counted on. It, there was a possibility it could have gone either way. And if it had gone the other way on Heller, that means a lot of other states, maybe Hawaii, New York, California, Connecticut, New Jersey, just to name a few, may have started putting in very restrictive gun laws, made it almost impossible to get a gun. Even though it's a constitutionally protected right, they were going to try and restrict it to the point of making it impossible to exercise. And they'd say, oh, no, you still have the right. You just have to jump through all these hoops. You know, you have to take this test. You have to learn how to drive, you know, a a Cessna backwards on a snow-covered runway before you're allowed to have one. Or dance with a rubber chicken. Whatever it took. They were going to make the restrictions so bad that almost nobody would be able to qualify to get one. But now what New York City is doing, this time they're passing a law to try and subvert the Heller decision. They're going around Heller saying, well, we're going to do this anyway and see what happens. Fortunately, the guns right rights activists in this state have put a wall in front of them. They decided to to put up a, a suit against them to stop this from happening. And because the city saw their case and saw the lawsuit and saw the publicity was gathering, they decided they're going to hold off for now and they're going to change the, the law in order to make it less restrictive. But it's just a matter of time before they try and do something like this again. And it's keep it keeps coming down to states' rights versus federal law. That's something that's been tested time and time again. And it seems as if the states can overrule most federal law if they decide they want to. Like the abortion laws that are going on now, they're passing in certain states to try and restrict it beyond the federal restrictions, trying to make it more strict. Well, at some point, someone's going to go, wait a minute, the federal law says this, the state law says this, there's got to be a lawsuit. Someone's got to determine which is which comes out on top. Or with marijuana, a lot of states are making it legal and allowing it to be sold to anybody, even though it's a federally controlled substance and not allowed to be sold to just anybody. So eventually, these things have got to come up and, you know, Lines have got to be drawn in the sand. Things are going to have to go to court. They're going to have to shake out somehow. Then the illegal immigration. All these states that are supposedly sanctuary cities are giving these people driver's licenses, work permits, or allowing them to to rent apartments and condos and buy land, even though they're not citizens. And a lot of these things would be restricted if they were following federal law. So it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a nightmare to see how New York goes with this. If they keep pushing for these restrictive gun laws and they get something to pass, it's going to have to go back to federal court or someone's going to have to sue to get it into a circuit court. And the circuit court up there probably would rule in favor of the state of New York. Ah, what a nightmare. (laughs) I'm telling you. You figure the New Yorkers would want to defend their right to have a weapon because, you know, there's dangerous people up there. That would require New Yorkers to oh, be informed. But most of the anti-gunners are the dangerous people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By wanting to restrict the rights of all these people. Oh, my. But, you know, let's not let's not bash on New York the whole time. 
Let's give California a shot to stand up. Uh, shot to stand up and I mean, be counted. California and New Jersey want to play too. That's right. <laughs> we'll oh, be right back after these messages. You're listening to America's Web Rodeo. I am Roger B, and this is Locked and Loaded. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. I'm Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And in the shootinest, tootinest, best time on the show Locked and Loaded, we're going to talk about gun stuff. I just got one more quick story to cover about uh, politics. I know it's the most boring part, but you got to be aware of this stuff because... They're going to come after you in any state eventually if we don't stop them in the in the bad states first. Now, the state of California is not known for being good to gun owners. In fact, they're probably right up there in the top five as far as being some of the worst. In fact, they seem to take pride in passing new laws to restrict gun ownership and putting more restraints on gun owners. Now, there is one rule in the state now that requires mandatory reporting of a missing firearm within five days of noticing it missing. Yeah, so if you don't notice it for a year, it doesn't matter. But one city, Morgan Hill, decided five days was far too long. We're going to make it 48 hours. So you have two days to report a firearm missing when you notice it's gone. Now, one resident is taking them to court over this and going to make them decide that, you know, you either have to... Obey the state law or obey the city law. Again, this is another case like we just talked about before with federal and state. Here it's state and city. Every level of government fights the other level of government, especially when it comes to the gun control laws. They each want to be more restrictive than the last. So I just wonder if the lawsuit here 
is being brought by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. They say the city's new ordinance requiring gun owners to report the incidents within 48 hours contradicts the state law that gives them up to five days to report them. You know, either way, the fact that they're going to say if you don't report them, then you're going to be in trouble for not reporting them. So basically, they are punishing the victim for being a victim of a crime. It's just, it's unbelievable to me. Because the council of Morgan City approved this five-day period in 2018, and now they're trying to change it to something else. But, you know, and any of you guys who own more than several guns, how long would it be before you notice something was missing? Do you check them every day, counting, make sure they're in the safe or in the box every day in the in the, the dresser drawer? I mean, if something went missing in the safe, I don't know that I would ever figure it out. It may be years down the road. But still, you know, if I don't report it within five days, I'm all of a sudden going to be held accountable and responsible for, for something. Who knows? In California, they'll probably hold me responsible for anybody who used it which I would hope wouldn't be the case. But anyway, you know, more California goodness. Except OJ. Oh, that's right. He he uses his Bronco as a weapon. He he didn't notice anything was missing except the gloves he had. <laughs> if it fits where? I don't know where he was trying it on. <laughs> I think it was a different kind of glove they were looking for. <clears throat> but yeah, that was the the Bronco chase. Well, now they're bringing back the Broncos, so maybe someone else will get in a chase in one. Be reminiscent of the old days. Okay, one other thing, very quickly, is extreme risk protection orders. Hmm. Those are also known as red flag laws, which we've already seen these. have. They already have one death on their hands of an innocent person. So now they're going to decide that if somebody decides that somebody is spewing hate language or committing any kind of hate crime that they're going to be put on a list and not be allowed to own a weapon or may have their weapons taken away. Now, of course, it's going to be up to the judges and courts to decide what is a hate crime and what isn't. I mean, they're talking about anybody who, uh, let's see, defaces property with swastikas, if you're burning crosses, or anybody who's been convicted of malicious harassment. So if you harass somebody, you may have your gun rights taken away. Now, it's funny that this is coming out because it seems to me in the last couple of years, most of the people who violate this harassment law would be those on the left, the liberals who like to claim that they don't believe in guns. But it'd be funny to get their guns taken away by a law that they feel is is going after the conservatives when actually it would probably be going after them more often than not. I mean, they're saying if someone is spewing hate or making threats, that law enforcement could encourage the police to take action and take their guns away. Now, this goes in complete violation of free speech. However, I guess you would have to determine whether they're actually making threats to life and property or they're just making threats by being racial or by uh, saying something that is disliked by one side or the other. I mean, if you go off and hating on with a, a person who has a severe case of Trump derangement syndrome, could you take their guns away? Because they're spewing hate against a sitting president of the United States. That would seem like a no-brainer to me for the Secret Service. They ought to just get out there and start busting all those morons. You know, for those of us who are conservative, we had to put up with eight years of Obama. And you know what? 
I disliked him. I did not like his policy. I mean, he seemed like a cool guy. You know, if I was in college, I might have smoked something with him. Who knows? But uh, beyond that, mm, his politics were not mine. But you know what? I didn't go out making statements, didn't call him a racist, didn't call him a uh, misogynist, didn't make any blanket statements against him without any evidence. So I'd like to see if they actually push this law through and see if they can use it against the liberals. I think that would just be outstanding, outstanding to have that happen. It would just be great. Any time they try and intimidate a Trump supporter, knock a hat off someone's head or something, boom, they get put under extreme risk protection order and have all their guns taken away if they have any. But since most liberals don't have any, wouldn't really be a problem. All right, now we're going to get into the fun stuff. Today I want to talk for a second about new products. Now this is something that's... I have a hard time classifying it. I would normally say, oh, it's a short barrel shotgun. But the BATF says it's not a shotgun. It looks like a shotgun. It pumps like a shotgun. Fires shotgun shells like a shotgun, but it's not a shotgun. It's a firearm. Now, how they make the distinguish, how they distinguish between one or the other, I don't know. They probably have magic fairy dust or unicorn farts or something that help them determine this, but. What, if you looked at one of these, it's a short-barreled shotgun, but instead of having a pistol grip or a stock on it, it has a little club-type handle on the back of it where the pistol grip would normally sit. And because that club is not a pistol grip or a stock, it is considered a firearm and not a shotgun. It's now, a, how many times a dog barks? If it once, it's a shotgun. Twice, it's a... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is this... What is this? Rough. Oh, sandpaper. Okay, yes, that, that, that's a shotgun. What's on top of the house? Roof. <laughs> but what it does is it allows you to have a short-barreled shotgun shell firing device without paying the $200 national tax stamp. And that would just buy a lot of extra ammo if you have a shotgun shell firing device. What's a sawed-off shotgun? No, 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 it's not a shotgun, but it looks like one. What kind of shells does it use? 12 gauge, 20 gauge, 410 gauge. <laughs> it's a shotgun shell firing weapon, weapon. but not a shotgun. <laughs> I know, it's just, it, I don't understand and I don't want to keep using the wrong, I don't want to say short barrel shotgun because that's a whole different weapon. A short barrel shotgun does require a $200 tax stamp and a waiting period. <laughs> and if you crammed enough gunpowder, <laughs> May make a person into a shotgun. <laughs> a yes. short barrel. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah, very short barreled. And uh, but so Mossberg were the first one to jump in with their shockwave. And the shockwave is a 14 inch barrel pump action. I believe it holds three or four shells plus one in the chamber. And it has this like small club type handle on the back where the pistol grip would normally be. And the catch is it must be at least 26 inches long to qualify as a quote-unquote firearm. And by doing that, you can have the barrel be as short as you want it to be. I was going, now this is spectacular. If you've ever played with one of these, actually the ones with the stocks are even better. The actual short barrel shotguns, they're very good for going around corners, urban environments. They're fantastic for that. These would be a little more difficult because you can't shoulder it. There's no way to put it on your shoulder, and you have to hold it. You can use both hands to fire it, but it's hard to get a sight beat on it. But then again, it's a shotgun. It's not really an aim and shoot. It's a point and shoot, like the old Instamatic cameras, point and shoot. So 
<clears throat> but what it does, like I say, it saves the $200 tax stamp and enables you to get this short-barreled shotgun shell firing device. And now Remington has jumped in with their version, the Remington 870 TAC-14. So, Is that a one-time tax stamp, and can it be passed on when you die? With Does it go with the weapon? It does... If it go, if it's will to a family member, I believe the tax stamp stays in force. If you sell the weapon to somebody else outside the family, then they have to apply for a tax stamp as well. So they get it on coming and going. And once you get rid of the weapon, you don't get your money back for the tax stamp. You've already paid that. I believe you end up keeping that, and that stays with you know you end up just footing the bill for that. Now, in case any of you don't know. A shotgun normally must have an 18-inch barrel to qualify to be legal with the minimum barrel length. Which, of course, would... And then you could run a stock, run a pistol grip, or run whatever you want with it. But if you keep it 26 inches or more and put this kind of club handle on it, you can all of a sudden have a short-barreled shotgun shell-firing device. So just something to keep in mind. If you're in the market for one or want something to clear rooms with or want something to play with a little bit, this might be something to get into. In your bedroom? A bedroom, office, bar, backseat of the car. You know, it'd be awesome to be carjacked and have to just lay that thing on the edge of the window and say, excuse me, (laughs) facing a 12-gauge shotgun barrel right outside of the window. Yeah, that would probably... uh, deter anybody from wanting to take anything of yours well we will be right back this is america's web radio i am roger b and you're listening to your auto love and investment demands the best and for 45 years passport transport has been meeting those demands from manufacturers to the one car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby the first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind passport transport your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio, and we're back. 
Now, we were talking momentarily about these short-barreled shotgun shell-firing devices, and this is just one more step that the BATF has taken in a way to deregulate some of the things that used to be on the NFA list. Like with their approval of the pistol braces, that was a huge step forward. Now, I'm just curious. This is something I'm speculating a little bit here, but there was one company that came out with a shotgun. Well, no, not a shotgun, a short-barreled shotgun shell-firing device. And this has a pistol brace on it. So as most of you know, a pistol brace could sort of be used similar to a stock, and that was ruled to not change the classification of the weapon. And what they put together is a short-barreled shotgun shell-firing device with a pistol brace and a little receiver extension in the back, just a straight tube, and they put it on a magazine-fed shotgun. So you have a 10 to 20-round magazine on this shotgun that's got a 14-inch barrel on it. So now if you're interested in that, that is done by a company called Black Aces Tactical. And I'm sure the thing is not cheap, and I don't know if it's been approved yet or not by the BATF. But if it has, how long is it going to be before Remington and Mossberg and others put braces on the backs of their firearms that fire shotgun shells? So I'm curious to see how that progresses, because the pistol brace thing has gone absolutely great, swimmingly, as a matter of fact. I love the fact that you can get a a pistol and put a pistol brace on it, and it becomes as functional as a short-barreled rifle. But speaking of rifles, I want to get into this a little bit. I'm going to throw my two cents worth in here, and I'm going to try to put some classifications together of rifles. Because things are have gotten, they've developed much further than they used to be. It used to be a rifle was just a lever action, pump action, or bolt action gun, and that was it. And they were always for hunting. Now rifles have expanded and got into a whole bunch of different areas. So I'm going to try and run through a few little classifications here and see if we can, you know, clear up a little bit of confusion perhaps. First I'm going to start with classic hunting rifles. These usually are bolt action, sometimes lever action, or even pump action. Usually have wooden stocks. There's even a few that are semi-auto. I consider like a Ruger Mini 14 or some of the 1022s or semi-auto 22s. These are more of a hunting style rifle. And depending on where the hunting is taking place, will determine whether this rifle has open sights or has an optic on it or a scope. Now, a lot of these basic hunting rifles can be dressed up or made extremely nice by using very highly figured wood, highly polished metal, even inlays of gold, silver, even jewels on some of the stocks and such. And uh, most of these will have a thinner profile barrel because you won't have to carry this thing because this is made specifically to be a hunting rifle. And if you have to lug it to a very high point or far away to get a good vantage point on game animals, you're going to have to have one that's not too terribly heavy. Now, the price of these can range from anywhere from a few hundred dollars up to thousands of dollars for the full custom versions. And some of these full custom versions are just, they're just examples of the gunmaker's art, things that they can put together if they have unlimited resources and somebody willing to foot the bill for it. And I think the next one, I would say it's it's probably close, but I'm going to put it in a class by itself, is the modern hunting rifle. Now, the biggest difference here is going to be the stock and the sights. Most modern hunting rifles will have a synthetic stock of some sort, and this can be anything from plastic to some sort of high-grade polymer or even fiberglass or a combination of of a few of these. And this is going to help the rifle's accuracy improve by eliminating the wood stock 
which by swelling or shrinking by the weather, by heat, by humidity, can affect put, 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 can put pressure on the barrel to affect the accuracy. And these synthetic stocks eliminate that. In fact, many of them will have a bedding device or an aluminum block that's cut out to hold the action. This means the action is bolted directly to this block through the bottom of the stock, and the barrel will never even touch the front of the stock. And one neat way I've learned to, to tell whether something has a what they call a free-floated barrel is if you slide a piece of paper around the barrel in the front with the two ends of the paper holding up and wrapped around the bottom of the barrel, you slide it backwards along the stock, and if it doesn't touch anything, you have a free-floated barrel. And the modern hunting rifles were designed, one, because humidity and uh, temperature do not affect them as much, and also because a lot of times with a plastic stock, they can be made even cheaper than one with a wooden stock. And on most modern hunting rifles, they come with no external sights and usually are always scoped. I mean, you could put sights on them because a lot of them will have Picatinny rails or places to mount extra pieces on them. But then there's an there's a uh, advancement that has come up in the last few years that has just exploded onto the market is the precision rifle. Now the precision bolt action rifle has been around for a long time, uh, but for many years it was strictly a custom proposition that had to be built from the ground up and was usually prepared and built for one specific shooter made to fit him and him only, and it was hard to find somebody else to fit your rifle. Yes, Dave. I got to ask, ask, when you bring up bolt action rifles, and I know you're an expert shooter and a wonderful shooter and a nice guy, too. I try to be. How many people in your experience can get off four extraordinarily accurate shots with a bolt action rifle in a matter of seconds? I believe Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald did that, didn't he? Who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with training, it can be done. It's not easy. I mean, a semi-auto makes it much easier for multiple shots, but it's difficult. Most of these are meant for one shot at a time. Take your time, not not in a big hurry. So, yeah, it can be done, but it's not easy. It's like there's guys who can reload a revolver in under one second. Yeah. I'm not one of them, but there are people who can do that. I mean, I'm sorry, but I've had enough training and been there, done that enough. And, well, I'm about to kill the president of the United States. You you don't don't think he might have had a little pressure on him or a little anxiety or a little something, and he's sitting there saying, well, I can put four shots in a pattern? I'm sorry. I just don't think there's anybody walking that could do that. That accurate. I'm sensing a conspiracy here. Oh, yeah, I see where we're going. Yeah, okay. And what about that smoke on the hill? The grassy knoll, yeah, yes. The grassy knoll. <laughs> the puff of smoke on the grassy knoll, that's right. But I, I'm serious. I, I mean, you're saying you do know four people that, if you're not under, I mean, you got to admit the guy had to be under a little pressure. And this is also a very old weapon, too, that did yeah. not have some of the modern advantage. Now, some of these new bolt-action rifles, they turn an eighth of a turn open and close and turn an eighth of a turn to lock. So they're very fast actions. They don't require a lot of movement on the bolt to unlock it and relock it. So that would be faster. And some of the rifles, the precision rifles in particular I'm talking about, they are magazine-fed, so you can get... 10, 15, 20 rounds in one magazine. Yeah. So there's no reloading either. 
other than the bolt moving. I've never, have you seen anyone in your experience of 512 years, have you seen (laughs) anyone that can reload with a bolt action that doesn't move the weapon itself? There, I've seen guys do it without moving it very much. I mean, they still take a... How much does it take to change the whole projection in 300 yards? Yeah, it doesn't take much. I mean, you're off a couple millimeters, you're going to miss by inches. But, you know, like I say, it's, it's a matter of training. There are guys who can do things I couldn't dream of doing. Like I say, I've seen guys reload a revolver, fire... We're not talking about women. We're talking about... <laughs> A guy shooting a weapon at a president. I'm going to look into that and see. Now, yeah, and he was, he was, I believe he was a Marine Corps trained, was he not? And Russian trained. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, there's that, too. That's a possibility, but I know he had Marine Corps training. And it was a Russian weapon, wasn't it? I believe it was Italian. Italian? Italian, 6.5 millimeter. And how loose? That that would make a lot of difference, too. You know, back then in the 60s, we were getting so many surplus rifles from all over Europe. And they were coming in at such ridiculously low prices. It was amazing. The The abundance was, was awesome. And before that time, before 1964, you could get these rifles delivered right to your doorstep. You could get pistols delivered right to your doorstep. No paperwork, no forms, no FFLs required. It was just like ordering a, you know, a power drill hmm. or a hammer or a book from Amazon. <laughs> so, you know, you said the word. What do you think? What word? Conspiracy. Oh, well, you know... It's possible. I wouldn't put it past the government to be up to something. I think they're always no more than we know. And I think until everybody who even knew anything about it is dead, we will never know for sure. And most of those people are going to take it to their graves. And they'll still blame Lee Harvey Oswald. But there's, it's funny how he got shot the very night he was apprehended. So he couldn't say anything or talk to anybody or make any statements. Night. No, it was the next. It was Sunday the next morning. day. Okay, the yeah. Next day. The, within twenty four hours, he was dead. With Ruby shooting him. Yeah, Jack Ruby shot him. That's right. So that all sounds very suspicious. So I don't know. I would certainly consider it a possibility because I just don't. Un- they never really determine what his, I guess, his motive was to do this. He never seemed to have, you know, a, a super strict motive other than, you know, killed the a president of the United States. But he did ruin it for all the future presidents by not allowing them to have convertibles. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was working at KLBK 1340 in Lubbock, Texas when it happened. And um, I, I, besides the rifle portion of it, I can't buy the rest of it either. And it seems unlikely. And plus, it was a moving target as well. Yeah. Yeah, let's not forget, you know, not just the four shots in five seconds. He was doing it on a moving target. Oh, well, all you do is give him a little lead and That's right. Fire. <laughs> what was that uh, uh, full metal jacket? Yeah. Oh, my God, how do you shoot women and children? It's easy. You just don't lead them quite so much. <laughs> but, you know, no, I, I will go to my grave still thinking, that, yes, there was... There was something else there. More to it than... Met our eyes. And, well, yeah. Uh, then was shown to our eyes. Yeah. And uh, so apparently everybody who had a vantage point who could see the grassy doll ended up disappearing somehow or being eliminated by some odd accident. So, yeah, it is highly suspicious. To I mean, say the least. Maybe aliens did it. You reckon? It's possible. Illegal aliens, I Illegal. mean. Illegal. <laughs> From to Russia. Put, they, had to put, they had to put bullets in their laser weapons to... To simulate Earth-style weapons. <laughs> no, I, I uh, 
the stories as we were pulling AP and UPI at the radio station because we had at at the moment we didn't have network connection and we got it later in the day. But um, you know it was coming over fast. I got to the I I heard it on the radio as I was going to lunch. I was in high school. Wow! And uh, just immediately made a left turn to go out to my to the radio station, and uh, you know we. Uh, we pulled AP and UPI, and our newsroom was smaller than this room, Probably much smaller. bustling, though, with with people shuffling papers all over the place. Oh, yeah, and people yelling, and keep keep the damn door closed, you know. And, um, because we had, there was no – you didn't go into the library and pull down a book, what do you do when a president's shot, you know. There was no protocol. Was right. No, it hadn't been exercised no, in, in, years. in decades, yeah. So, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants, as you might say. And it, uh, the next few days turned into, uh, it was very interesting. And, and I was laying on the couch, my parents' couch at home when uh, Jack Ruby shot Oswald. And wow. So you, yeah. Watching it live and direct, you know. Holy cow. Yeah, that was an amazing thing. I mean, everyone was just shocked at that also. But oh, yeah. It fits with the conspiracy theory. I mean, to a T. Well, the other thing that really I have never heard come out in book form or any other form, but there were people, eyewitnesses, and in fact, I know one closely that, uh, said that they had seen Oswald and Ruby together eating lunch several oh. a week or two before. See, if, it, if that were now, there'd be a cell phone picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's like there were other stories of why, you know, the access of Ruby to the police. The department. police station when they were yeah. moving him, yes. And, you know, just on and on different things that were never... <laughs> You know they can they can accuse a president of uh, going to Russia and having and having Russia change an election, but they can't find out the truth about what happened in a. Yeah, it's murder. not a matter of if they can; it's a matter of whether they want to let anyone else know. Which right now they're not at liberty to do that. No, nope. and uh, you may still be around when the when they can un, un, unfold this all. Yeah, when they yeah. can open up the records, but. Uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, looking at grassroots. I'm pretty sure that the Democrats will blame it on Trump before anything. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Exactly. I mean, he had, it's he his had fault. to be at least. Uh, well, he had to be at least 15 years old. That's right. He probably had something to do with it somehow. I'm sure the, the liberals will do that. Now that was that was an interesting story this week about um, Feinstein, Senator Feinstein. She went to Iran supposedly for a diplomatic mission. Claimed she had permission from the State Department. State Department denied this, and yet she went to Iran to have a meeting with uh, the the leaders of Iran. Now that to me seems like treason. You go without State Department permission, and then come back and, and claim the State Department gave you this permission, and the State Department denies it. What was she doing over there? I want to know. That's a conspiracy. I'd like to settle this week. Actually, get some real information on that and see if she deserves to stay where she is. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I hadn't even heard the story, but yeah, that's I couldn't a, agree with you more. That's, um, I should have sent that to Victor Armendariz for Victor on Point, because that would have been an interesting thing to cover. How do you get... you got to file a flight plan. You 
Well, she could have had a flight plan nearby and then taken another plane once she got to Iraq or something or to some other country that we have flights in and out of or anywhere else. She could have flown to Israel and flown out of there, you know, could have gone anywhere where there's friendly. What does that smell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. She did something wrong. Well, Kerry wasn't much different. John Kerry flew oh. over there and. Well, he, he threw over there for a reason. He had to he had to throw out his medals that he had gotten for shooting himself, <laughs> his uh, purple heart, and his for uh, getting his piece of shrapnel the size of a grain of rice and yeah. stuck in his toe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he had good reason. Yeah, it's funny how he was testifying in front of Congress, and yet he had these medals that he earlier had claimed he threw over the White House fence. Yeah. I don't know how he got those back. I'm sure they didn't just hand them back over to him. You're, you reckon the boy might have lied? Well, they are politicians. <laughs> <laughs> and he opened his mouth. That's right. That's the only way you can tell when a politician is lying. His lips are moving. That's, <sighs> that's one thing I do like about Trump. He wasn't born and raised a politician. Nope. He seems to be playing the hardcore New Yorker with all these guys. He doesn't play around. You know, I think, did we miss a break? Oh, my goodness. Did we? Are we going to take that now? We're, we're going to take it now. Yes, All right. Sir. Thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is, it was locked and loaded. <laughs> we, un, we unlocked it and loaded it with something else. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Hello, I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and we are back on America's Web Radio. And let's see if we can get back on point here, even though Victor's not here. Um, the precision rifle, this was the one that has come into being probably years and years ago, and they were custom-built for a person from the ground up. They'd pick an action, pick a barrel, pick a caliber, pick a, a block of wood, and they would carve this block of wood to fit that one person. And that became a precision rifle, where sometimes they modified an existing stock to fit them perfectly, and it was fitted with all the right stuff they needed to make it a precision rifle. And these usually cost thousands upon thousands of dollars to build from the ground up. But in the last few years, with modern manufacturing techniques and better materials available, there's been a huge proliferation of modern precision rifles available. I say modern precision rifles, modern mass-produced precision rifles. Question yes, we have a question. Yeah, I, I was thinking as you were talking about the precision rifle, and we know that you can now duplicate an organ with a, with a, a CAD system. Uh, right. You can make it out of paper or whatever and whatever. Have, has the weaponry been infiltrated with this type of thing where I take oh, a absolutely. picture of you or I do or somebody takes a measurement or does this or does that and then they put it into the CAD system and oh, say absolutely. this is your perfect weapon? Oh, yeah. Well, they, there are certain measurements that they can take and adjust a stock. That's something that the precision rifles today actually have. They have fully adjustable stocks. Cheek pieces that go up and down. The back butt plate screws in and out and moves up and down to fit on your shoulder just right. And they also have, you know, there's a – and the foregrips can be moved back and forth. So there's a lot of ways to make these rifles fit straight out of the box because they have that many adjustments on them. So it makes them very easy to be basically custom-fitted rifles for production rifle price. So pass it. Now, do they use like the, I, I hate to use the word plastic stock, but a filament stock as a opposed polymer, to... A polymer, yes. They yeah. have a polymer or synthetic stock that has, I mean, it has um, steel or aluminum inserts in it, which have threaded pieces, and the thread pieces attached to the rear stock, or the cheek piece will go up and down based on a threaded system or geared system, and it, you, it relocks in place. And most of these can be adjusted in seconds for a new shooter. Huh. Okay. Can, One other question in the same regard is that, that I've had some, well, <laughs> Victor and I were talking about it. Uh, I've had friends, Vietnam vets, that have come back with multiple types of injuries right. not necessarily an amputation or not necessarily a loss of a limb 
but just um, damage to the shoulder area or oh, damage. Right. So have they perfected these weapons where the the uh, recoil is much less? Where they do have huge muzzle brakes on them now, which take a a lot of the sting out of it. And they've also come out with cartridges that are a lot smaller, like the 6.5 or 6-millimeter 6 Creedmoor. Both of those recoil a lot less than a standard thirty caliber bullet would. And with the muzzle brake, it cuts down the recoil considerably. So, yeah, it does make it a lot less. What about the takedown rate? Take Oh, it's still pretty good. Actually, the 6.5-millimeter has one of the best ballistic coefficients of any size bullet. The 6.5, I believe, is about like a 26.5 caliber. If you were to measure it like that, so it's not that much smaller than a like a 243 Winchester is good for deer, and it's a six millimeter. <laughs> okay, now being the devil's advocate that I am, or just a devil, <laughs> depending on wh- which wife you ask. Anyway, so what about with a shotgun? Have they been able to do anything with a shotgun and the have, recoil? Uh, yes, they do. Kick of a shotgun, they actually have uh, little shock absorbers that they can put into the stock of a shotgun that stick out of the back, and the and the recoil pad attaches to that, so it actually bounces on those. Hmm. It helps take some of the sting out of that as well. And of course, they have low the low brass with less powder. If you're shooting competition like skeet and trap, you use the lowest power possible to fire the pellets out, so you end up with. You know, a lot less recoil because these guys can fire thousands of rounds in a week if they're practicing. They can go through thousands of rounds, and it just gets to the point where, you know, they would pound themselves to pieces if they didn't have some way to to alleviate a bit of that. In fact, there are some people who are so well-trained with a shotgun, or they do so much practice that they actually become gun-shy, and they tend to flinch every time they pull the trigger because they know it's going to hurt. <laughs> exactly. So what they'll do is they'll set up a trigger to be a release trigger. So the muscle memory is different, so it fires on the release, so their brain gets tricked for a while and allows them to fire the gun again straight without having to flinch. You're a dumb brain. <clears throat> yeah, until it gets used to that, and then you have to back the other way, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. But, yeah, the fact that the the plastic the plastics today are so much better than they've been in the past, and the fact that they reinforce them with metal or lay metal inside the plastic pieces makes it a lot easier to make them strong enough to hold up to everything. And also, these rifles are usually set in a completely separate stock, bolted in, and nothing touches the barrel. They usually have one or two points of contact on the action. A lot of these have guaranteed 1,000-yard accuracy. They're guaranteeing hits on a 10- or 12-inch plate at 1,000 yards, that they're that capable. You know, half or quarter minute of angle at 1,000 yards. And these are right out of the box. I mean, not not custom-made, not, not custom-built, not modified. Most of the triggers are fully adjustable, so you can actually get a decent pull on a trigger. Because me and most, a lot of people don't don't realize standard hunting weapons or even the uh, modern hunting weapons, their triggers have to be heavy enough to be safe. And these, on the precision rifles, they actually have adjustments on most of them where you can adjust them beyond what most factories would release one with. So you can scale it down to just a couple of pounds without going to a double set trigger. Speaking but, of triggers, right, and the horse. Okay. Now, now um, we just talked. Uh, you just talked about the butts and the barrels and uh, of a weapon, and um, there's not. I don't know that I've heard a whole lot about triggers and the distance you have to pull or, or you know, not pull. 
Right. And that's and the thing. Most of these are fully adjustable for the amount of pull you have before it engages and the amount of pull after it fires. All those are considered issues. Now, you, there's no reset here because you're not firing semi-auto. you got to reset it manually by using the bolt. But now on a semi-automatic sporting rifle, like a military-style sporting rifle, those have what they call a reset. Well, thanks for listening today. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.